Today is uh, very interesting as you guys get your Bibles. I had a message all planned out. I think as most of us had plans this week and things got changed. So as you grab your Bibles, we are going to be in Acts. This message originally was called Instructions for Mission or something like that. Mission Outline is what I had called it. Now I've changed the title of the message to What's Next? Many of you maybe are asking that question. What's next? What do I do? I look, you look at the current situation in your lives. You look at the current situation in this country. And you wonder, what's next? As you ponder that question, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, I do believe this week you've spoken to me in a special way with a message, Lord, that I believe is from you and from your heart. As instructions for us as Christians, as your children, of what we are to do in times just as these. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would now prevent any distractions from this message going forth. Lord, you would open the hearts and the ears of your people. You would break down language barriers. You would break down distractions. You would bind the hands of Satan who would not like this message to go out. But, Lord, people would receive this. And they receive this not from me, but from your word, and from your Holy Spirit, and from Jesus. This is a message that you would have for them. Lord, I just pray, Lord. I pray for your guidance here. I pray for your outpouring of your spirit. And Lord, I pray for Myanmar today especially. Lord, and the people out there right now, Lord, I just pray all the things around them would be quieted. They would have time just to, just to breathe, just to relax, for their heart rates to come down, for their focus, their eyes and their ears, and everything about them would be focused on your word. And focused, they would have peace. And they would have clarity. And Lord, they would have hope. They would know the hope and the peace that is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All God's people said, we're going to have to try that again, just like last week. All God's people said, amen, amen. amen. So you, if you have your Bibles, many of you have been with us out throughout the weeks, and you know that two weeks ago, we had finished our study about standing faithfully. And so interesting, as we are in these difficult times, that we would have a series right before this as what it is to stand in faith. Because now we get to live that out. What does it really mean to stand faithfully in today's times? Last week, we kind of had a special message or a special sermon. It wasn't even a sermon. It was a time of worship and time of praise. And many of us shared how God had given us verses that we could find rest and find peace as we dealt with these difficult times, as we faced this difficult situation. Then each of us prayed. We prayed for our country. We prayed for our church. We prayed for our families. We just came together as a fellowship and lifted this situation up in prayer and surrendered it, I hope, to our Lord. We laid it down at the cross. Say, here we are. We trust you, Lord. So it was a wonderful... I was so blessed by it. But then, a lot has happened since, hasn't it? Within the last week. How much has happened? Take a minute and just think about this last week. For me, it seems like an eternity. Last week seems so long ago, last Sunday. But now it's another Sunday. 
And think about this last week. What has happened? What has happened in the world? What has happened in this country? What has happened in your own families and your own neighborhoods? It's a lot, isn't it? A lot of things have happened. Many of you are feeling hopeless. Would you agree? Have you sensed that in your hearts, this hopelessness? Many of you are maybe feeling betrayed. What's the word for betrayed in Myanmar? You yell it really loud. What is that? Pearl, betrayed, you know? No? Who knows? Betrayed. I know someone knows the Myanmar word. What is it? I know she knows it. Betrayed. I want to. I, I want you guys to understand. Betrayed. How do you say it in Myanmar? Okay. Yes. So a lot of people. I want to make sure you understand this because I know a lot of people here. It's a kind of a different word to be used, but you're feeling like you were lied to. Yeah. Like, like. Somebody has lied to you. That's a way of calling betrayal. A lot of you feeling that way, aren't you? Hopeless, betrayed, lied to. Maybe some of you, I know you know this word. Maybe some of you are angry. Yeah, I see a lot of heads shaking. You know, last week I started... What do I say to you as a people of Myanmar to encourage you what can I preach on to bring you back to the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ that's how I started last week what can I say that was how I started last week and I have the same heart this week after the week that you guys have experienced what could I say to bring you back to understand where our hope does lie that's in Jesus What could I say to encourage you as you face these difficult situations taking place in your country? What could I say that would bless you? I was praying about this, about this week's sermon and this week's message, and wondering, what can I say after all the events that's taken place this week? What can I say to you? What what should I preach on? What scriptures would the Holy Spirit speak to you after this week? After the events that's taken place this week, an innocent person was murdered this week. Maybe, I believe a couple. Innocent people were murdered. Different authorities are going house to house. They're They're arresting people. They're imprisoning people. I've heard about people starting fires in houses. I heard of two last night in our own neighborhood. I don't know the situation, exactly what happened. Some bad intentions, though. I've heard of people getting beat in the street, being assaulted in the streets. How do these things happening to us in our own neighborhoods, in this city, in this country, make you feel? Angry, a lot of us, huh? Frustrated? You know that word? I know that word. Frustrated that you maybe you need to do more, you need to do something? Maybe even hateful. Have any of you experienced hate lately? 
What about a true sense that you need to go out and do something about these injustices that are taking place? Do you feel a responsibility to go out and try to fix what is happening in this country? Maybe some of you have different emotions. Maybe some of you are fearful. Some of you scared. I've experienced so many different levels of emotions, so many different stages of emotions. I sometimes, as we walk through this week, I don't even know what I'm feeling. Maybe some of you can experience it. Agree. You don't even know what to feel. The stress that is happening right now to you guys, to us, is it's damaging, isn't it, to our relationships? It's damaging to my family. I mean, how, how are each of you processing or dealing with all of this that's taking place in your community, in your country? How are you handling it? What is your response to what's taking place? To this persecution. Maybe some of you, again, we talked about all the emotions, but maybe physically some of you are hiding in your houses. Some of you maybe are doing that. There's some hiding last night. I was hiding. Maybe some of you are out there protesting, going out and screaming and letting your voice be known. Some of you are doing that. No, some of you are. I see Facebook. How Maybe there's some of you that are just crying in silence. Maybe there's some of you that are in prayer. How should a person, how should a Christian react to what is taking place in this country? What is the proper response to what is taking place in this country? I told you the Holy Spirit spoke to me on this. I don't know how many of you are ready to hear this message. Are you ready to accept the truth of God's word, what it says about this? I want you to ask yourself that question as we continue in this message. How should a person react when innocent people have been murdered? I'm asking again. I'm going to continue. How should a person react when authorities are going house to house arresting people, causing unrest, causing fear, they have taken away your very sense of security in your own homes. So what's your reaction? They've, they've attacked families. Money, many people have lost. Many people in this country have lost their hope that they had placed A lot of hopeless people out there right now. A lot of hopeless. I share, I want to share the heart of, I believe, Jesus and what he's revealed to me through his scriptures today. And I ask, as I reveal this to you, this message, are you a Christian? Raise your hands. Are you a Christian? This is important. Is Jesus truly Lord of your life? Yeah? Is he? Pick up your Bibles. Do you truly believe 
This is God's word. This is an instruction manual for your life. He has given us in God's word how to deal with this exact situation that's taking place in Myanmar. Do you believe that? Do you trust God? Do you trust the word of God? It's in there. Do you believe that even in this situation that God is sovereign? I know you guys are hurting. I think many of you, especially the age that we are ministering to, are hurting like you've probably never experienced before. The emotions, the anger, the frustration, the hurt, it's like you've probably never experienced before. Then there's the next generation that's reliving it again. Your world, your country, your lives has changed forever, probably. Many of you are confused. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to take place. Many of you are just furious, angry about the injustices that are taking place right now. All around us, this is happening. So as you think of that, what is your personal reaction, your response to what is taking place? What have you done? How do you, what's your emotions? What have you done physically? What does a person who proclaims Jesus is Lord of your life, just like you all did, what do they do in times like this? What's their reaction? What does the Bible tell us? Where do you bring your hope, your faith, your emotions, all the things that you all are experiencing, what do you do with it as a Christian? These emotions are real. I'm not denying them. I felt them myself. But what do you do with that? What do you do with it? What do you do with the anger, the frustration? What do you do with the tears? We need to come to the cross with this. We need to come to the altar. We need to come before Jesus. And we need to lay this all down. And surrender every bit of this to Jesus. Hard to do. Hard, hard to do. But I asked you earlier, if you truly believe the Bible is your instruction manual on how to deal with this situation. You guys said yes. Now, do you believe the Holy Spirit will also use the Word of God to help us walk through as Christians how to deal with these times that we're facing? Open up your Bibles. It's a long introduction today. Different message today. Acts chapter 7, verse 59. Stephen. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 60. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. 
We read this story. We've been studying it, right, for three weeks beforehand. An innocent man has been killed. Stephen, an innocent man has been killed. He's been murdered. We read it in, this, in the passages. He was sharing the truth, the hope of Jesus Christ, and he was killed. He was killed with all the leaders' approval here, wasn't it? As they all stood around and watched within a huge crowd, they watched him being stoned to death, killed. As Stephen was being killed, what was Stephen's response to the persecution he was facing? What was his response? He looked to Jesus, didn't he? Look at verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, glazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then in his last breaths, his last moments on this world, on this earth, what did he do? He prayed. He prayed that the same grace and mercy that had been given to him through Jesus Christ would be given to this very man who persecuted and stoned him. As they were killing him, look at verse 60. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He followed the example that Jesus had given, didn't he? This wasn't new. He followed the example that Jesus had showed the world on the cross as he was crucified. Turn back in your Bibles to Luke. Luke chapter 23. Verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. As the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. 35. The crowd watched and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him, let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. As Jesus was being crucified, he prayed for God's mercy to be poured out on the very people who were killing him. That is the heart of Jesus. In Acts, that is the heart of Stephen. What is your heart? What is your hearts towards the ones who are persecuting you today? Told you it's a difficult message. What is your hearts to the ones who have created this injustice in this country? What are your hearts to the ones who have murdered innocent people? What is your hearts to the ones that are persecuting you personally and your families? What is your response 
to those, you as a Christian, to the ones who are trying to stamp out your hope. To break you. Persecution has been happening to Christians since the start of time. We read it here in the Bible. If you look at Scripture, we see Jesus, he was crucified. Stephen was stoned. Look at back to Acts 8 1. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Saul, a man authorized by the leadership of the time, by the government of the day, not only endorsed these, this murder, but he agreed completely with it. Then, you continue in the second part of verse 1. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. A great wave of persecution began in the city. Did you read that? What happened? An innocent person was murdered. A great wave of persecution began in the city. What am I reading? Am I reading the Bible or me and more times? Am I looking at Facebook? God, his word gives us instructions how to deal with this situation. We see this same form of persecution happen in our very neighborhoods. Just as the, the people were mourning, they were they're in mourning still. They were still burying Stephen and then a great wave of persecution swept throughout the city. They were being persecuted themselves. Look at verses 2 and 3. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women and threw, to throw them into prison. What am I reading? Am I reading the Bible or am I reading your news? These events that are spoken of here are 2,000 years ago. But I read the newspaper today or Facebook and I see the same stories taking place today. Going around at night, dragging people out of their homes, persecuting them. Taking men and women out and imprisoning them, arresting them. So I know you understand what it feels like to read this story. I know it's extremely personal to experience this. I myself last night didn't sleep. I asked you, who slept last night? Why didn't I sleep? Because this was happening in our very neighborhood last night. As the warnings were banging the pans, warning us of people going around. I repre- I, we stayed up late. We prepared. We prepared around our homes. We prepared to defend our home. We didn't know what was going to happen. We had to talk to our children this morning about what happened last night. As I tried to pray last night, as I tried to sleep, I couldn't. I, I don't think many of you could. Because every little sound I heard, I thought maybe it was the start of the warnings, of the beating pots of someone running in the streets, 
causing problems again. Every little sound just drew my attention, listening, were the neighbors again warning us about what was going on. Was someone breaking into another home? Were they trying to burn down another house? Were they arresting someone else? People today are facing persecution. So what do you do? You're a Christian. What do you do? What's your response? Look at Acts chapter 8. 4 through 8. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. What's our reaction? The first thing we need to do as Christians, as we walk through this incredible situation, is we need to remember the promises that Jesus has given each one of us. Can you think and remember the promises that Jesus has given you through his word? The hope that he has given you? And know that our hope is in Jesus Christ and not of this world, things of this world. Can you remember that as we face these times? We also know we're not alone. I think a lot of people feel really alone during this time. We're not alone. We are not. Not only do we have us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus Christ living in us. We're not alone. As we endure this persecution, just as these people endured the persecution in this time, Jesus is with us. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Listen closely. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you or abandon you. Nor abandon you. We have the power to endure this through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we're not alone. I want to look at another verse. Turn to Romans. Chapter 8, verse 11. Could you imagine the ability to endure this persecution, but not just to endure it, but to still have joy? Can you even think, I mean, can you even fathom that? To have joy in this time? Romans eight eleven. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Uh, I'll continue through 17. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
So have you not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves? Instead, you received God's spirit when you were adopted, when he adopted you as his own children. We now call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share this glory, we must also share his suffering. Tough verses. Very tough. But even during this time, we're not alone. God is with us. So what example did we see today in Acts? What example were we shown what should be our response as a Christian as we face persecution? Do you believe the Bible? Is Jesus your Lord? I can't, I can't answer this for you. But what will your response be as a Christian as you face persecution? As you face innocent people being murdered? They, this happened to Jesus? It happened to Stephen? What was the church's response? As they face people going into people's homes, people being arrested? Well, this happened to the church here. What was the people what was the church's response? What was the Christian's response? Read again. Let's go back. Acts. But the Acts chapter eight, verse four. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They were being killed. They were being dragged out of their houses. They were being imprisoned. They were arrested. They were beaten. But they went out and they preached the hope, the hope they had found in Jesus Christ. Because that's where our hope is. It's not of this world. It's not of this world. This man, Philip, he went out and shared. And these people's hearts, as you read this story, these people's hearts... They were open to hear hope. They were open to hear Jesus. I think we have times right now when people's hearts are softened right now. There's a lot of people out there hurting. There's a lot of people angry. There's a lot of people frustrated. A lot of people crying. You can, we can go out and share the hope that you have in Jesus. Right now, today, you can share with these people. And I hope you're experiencing that. And if you're not experiencing it, go back to what I was talking about. Lay this down at the cross. Trust Jesus. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I have to do it every minute right now sometimes with what we're walking through. But I continually put my faith back where it belongs in Jesus and put my hope back where it belongs in Jesus. It's not easy. It's not easy. And sometimes I just lose it, right? Can you all agree? Sometimes we just kind of lose it. But then we come back to the cross, back to Jesus, back to the altar, and we surrender it. Many miracles took place in this story here. Many came to know Jesus. The result, what was the result? Look at the verse. So there was great joy in that city. Joy even during the persecution didn't end. We know church history, right? The persecution went on for years in this story. It got actually much, much worse in this story. Much worse. But the Christians still could have joy because their hope was in Jesus. Does that mean all the time you're going to be happy? 
Happy and joy is two different things, right? We're not always going to be happy. We're still going to experience some difficult emotions sometimes. But we can have joy in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, knowing that his promises are true. So I want to ask, are you fearful today? Do you look at tomorrow, look at the next days? Do you, do you have fear? I'm here with you. I'm here. I get it. I understand. Trust me. I do. I'm here. I'm walking with each of you daily, hourly, as we all experience this. I'm here with my own family, my young children. I get it. But we don't have to live in that fear. Although I've experienced it, I don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. We need to lay that down at the cross. Turn to Jesus. Trust Jesus. Abide in Jesus. And then... Do as these men went out and go out and share Jesus with those that do not understand the hope of who Jesus is. And then it can be joy. Joy that is not of this world, not of any situation, not of any physical situation of this world. I hope you receive this message from the Holy Spirit in God's word. Because I just told you something very, very difficult, didn't I? What is our reactions as Christians as we endure persecution? We lay down at the cross and we trust Jesus. We pray for those that are persecuting us. And we go out and share the hope that we have in Jesus with those very people. Those very people that are doing this. That's what, the, that's what it shows us, doesn't it, in God's word? It's very clear. Very clear. Very difficult message for me today. Um, It's not something I want to do, I will admit. Very difficult. But I know, as a Christian, the example that's been set forth in God's word. And to get the heart, to have that heart, right? Because maybe some of us could go do that, right? But what's our heart? Is it still full of anger and frustration and hate? Jesus can change that in each of you. That Holy Spirit residing in you can get a hold of you. You can have that love of Christ for these. It's an amazing thing what Jesus can do to a person's heart. Please pray with me and the worship team could head up, please. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this reminder of who you are and who you were even as you faced crucifixion and how you prayed for those they were your enemies, that they would have that the grace and the mercy poured upon them. And then we see this example of Stephen. As he's being stoned to death, he prayed that these very people who were persecuting him, who were killing him, would be granted mercy as he's trying to share Jesus and the hope of Jesus Christ with them. And then we see the people, as their friend Stephen has been murdered, he's been killed, an innocent man. Then there was the church, the people left, They were being dragged out of their houses. They were being beaten. They were being arrested. Yet, what was their response? To go out. To go out and share the hope of Jesus Christ with the others. To share the love of Jesus. To share that same love, that mercy, that grace with the very people who were persecuting them. Lord, you're an amazing God that you can change a person's heart. Lord, I pray that we can have this heart. It could only come through your indwelling of your Holy Spirit. Ain't none of us capable of this. I know that.
But Lord, through your indwelling of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit would sweep through this nation, Lord. It would change the hearts of people. The Lord, forgiveness, mercy, grace, salvation would be what would be talked about here in this country. Lord, that you would go through this place, Lord, and there'd be a radical, radical transformation of lives, Lord. The church would grow through this, Lord. Your children, Lord, would be out there, Lord, and sharing. They have found hope outside of this world, outside of what's been taking place around them, what's outside of their, their neighborhoods, their families. And Lord, they found hope in you, Jesus. And they know the promises are true. They know that God's word is true. And they know, they know who they are in you. They're, they're your children, Lord. And they have salvation, Lord. They have their sins forgiven. And they would be so touched by that, Lord, that they would just go out and share with those that hate them those that persecute them, that Jesus loves them. And that same grace can be extended to them. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do this, a revival. As I see these crazy guys coming out of prison, they've been let out, Lord. 23,000 of them I hear, Lord. I see that they're going through the neighborhoods and causing all sorts of problems, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to people, Lord, and they'd be able to share Jesus with these, these men. Lord, it's been hard on me. It's not what my reaction would want to be. But, Lord, I know that's your reaction. I know that's what you've called us to do, to show love. So, Lord, enable us to do that through your indwelling of your spirit, Lord. Protect your people, Lord. Protect this church. Protect Myanmar, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, for your hand over this country, Lord, that you would, there'd be divine change in this country, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask all these things. Amen.